Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I want you to open your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And then I want, to, want you to look up here as we continue our series titled The God Space. And we mentioned last week that our mind is meant to be the space for us and God. And when Jesus came to the earth, he, he gave one of his very specific reasons for coming. And here's what he said. He said, I have come. No, he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life to the full. It's God's desire, it's God's will that we would live the abundant life. Every aspect of our lives can be filled with the blessing of God. It can be filled with the holiness of God. How many know you can take holiness to Wrigley Field? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And how many know that's the way it ought to be? Wherever we go, whatever we do, we should be walking in the abundant life, in the goodness of God. Wherever we go, whatever we do, there's a, a life of victory. There's a life of blessing and joy. You know, as I was preparing this message, when I was in high school, I, um, I, sat, next to a, I sat next to a girl who was actually a preacher's kid. And she and, uh, and her boyfriend, they were like really, they were like real buddies of mine. Um, but it was interesting because there was something special about this girl she used to carry a Bible about this big, right? And she never really preached to me, you know? But she used to carry a Bible about this big, and it had little notes in it, so I could tell that she used to read. It had, like, little things sticking out of it, like little sticky points. And, and can I tell you, uh, I wasn't a big, um, I wasn't big on going to class in high school. I'm not a, a proud of that, but that's the case. But I love going to that class because I would always laugh with this girl. She just, she just was, she was full of the joy of the Lord. There was something about, and I didn't understand that, you see. But I, there was something about her, and she was laughing. It was always clean. You know, who she was made everyone around her respect her. You know what I mean? And it was like, wow, the abundant life. You see, it's God's desire for us to walk in the abundance of Christ. Now, the reason why this series is so important is because when it comes to the abundant life, you cannot live the abundant life un unless God is totally in charge of your God space. You see, whoever's in charge of the God space, that's who determines what kind of life that you're living. And the Lord wants the men of this church to walk in the abundant life. The women of this church, the teenagers, the marriages. He wants us all to walk in the abundant life. And today we're going to begin to discuss the reason why Christians often live beneath the abundant life. Okay, this is a very, very important passage of scripture. And the title, I want to tell you right up front, the title of the message today is that the God space is not just a gift as we talked about last week. But the God space is a place of war. The God's face is a place of war, and this is very important for us to understand that 
that our minds, our minds are a battlefield. You know, Napoleon, one of the great military commanders of history, once, he, he once said that real estate predicts history. He says the precious real estate is what men will fight for. And if you look at history, that's what's taken place. People fight over real estate. And the enemy fights for the real estate of our minds. Because he knows that if he can possess our minds, he's got all of us. The great battle and the great conflict is really for our minds because we know that when he has our minds, he also has our hearts. Now I want to I put the image that I had up last week. Could we put that image up very quickly from last week? I want to put this image up so that we could understand we have a threefold nature. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. Okay, and, and the spirit and the soul are so, they're all connected. They're, they're all woven together in a very deep and profound way. Now for the Christian, the key to victory is to invite the Holy Spirit. You invite Jesus into your heart to become your Lord and Savior. And we always, when we lead people to Christ, we always, we, as we help them to pray, one of the last things we say is, Lord, sit on the throne of my heart. Okay, and that means be the king of my spirit and my mind because we know that the spirit and the soul, the mind, and all of it together, they're so connected. And so what the enemy tries to do is he tries to attack the mind because if he attacks the mind, he can get a hold of the spirit and of the body. You see? And so that's his goal. That's the way he operates. And so what does God, remember, life is supposed to be lived from the inside out, not from the outside in. The Christian lives from the, from, from the, the command center of having Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, sitting as king of their hearts. We walk around, the abundant life is based on Jesus being the king of my heart and the king of your heart. And how many know he's worthy to have as king of our hearts today? How many would say amen? You see, and if he's not the king of your heart, and if therefore he can't be the king of your mind, if he's not the king of your mind, then he can't be the king of your heart, and therefore you live beneath the abundant life, even if you go to church. Even if you're part of this culture of church, even if you grew up in a Christian home, okay, whoever is the king of your heart and your mind, that's the one who determines the kind of life that you live. But when it comes to God's heart, look, regardless of where you find your life today, all right, regardless of where you find your life today, you must recognize that God's desire for you is the abundant life. And I want to challenge you with this question. Did he really go to the cross so that you could live a defeated life? Did he really rise from the dead in power? Okay, did he really do that so that we could live average mundane lives? How many know wherever we go, we should be turning this world upside down? That's what Chicago really needs. Okay, and you know what's awesome is we don't have to be weirdos or wackos, we could just be full of God. Okay, that girl was full of God, she just loved God. And we used to laugh and, 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 and enjoy life. And I saw the, the Bible. I mean, we, we couldn't get into a lot of conversations because I only saw her in this one class. But that's not the point. 
The point is that when you walk into your office and when you walk into your school and when you walk into the grocery store, when you walk into Starbucks, we can have the light of Christ shining from our lives. How many would say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. However, the reality is, is that the mind and heart are uniquely, are a uniquely connected battlefield. They are a uniquely connected battlefield. And so what I want to do is I want to read, okay, just a couple of verses. I'm not going to give you a ton of context because I gave some of that last week. Um, this is the Apostle Paul really trying to get the, the, the Corinthian church to be more in tune with God's spirit instead of thinking, instead of living outside in, he's trying to get them to live inside out. But now he highlights something that is so important for all of us. So let's read. Here it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Okay. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Everyone say strongholds. He says, we destroy arguments. I'm going to look at me for a second just, just to really get you engaged with this. When was the last time you destroyed an argument? Is your brain, is your spiritual processing oriented toward destroying arguments or do you just take stuff in? You get what I'm saying? It says, we destroy uh, arguments and every, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take captive and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, in these couple of verses, there are not many, but in these couple of verses, this says a lot of very important stuff. What this is saying is that our mind is a battlefield. Okay? And the strength of your character, the strength of your life will be determined by who is in charge of your mind. Christians yield their minds to Christ. Amen? And there are battles that have to be fought. And, and I want to say, I just want to say one more thing about this. Because here's the thing, guys. In this world that is very anti-spiritual, anti-supernatural, anti-God things, everything is, is touch, taste, and feel. A lot of people belittle this. Okay? A lot of people belittle this. A lot of people uh, think that, that they can solve their problems um, by using the weapons of the flesh. There are people who could be right in this room who you do come to church, but when it comes to solving your problems, your primary focus is not God, it's not the spirit, it's the flesh. Well, I want to quote something to you by uh, John Adams. I think that this is really important for, for the purpose of this morning. Could you put that up? Listen to what he said. He said, facts are stubborn things. And whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. Okay, so listen to me. What I'm giving you are facts. They're spiritual facts, but they are facts. You understand? These are spiritual facts. And you have to decide what kind of weight you're going to give to the word of God in your life. 
You have to decide, do you really believe that these words were inspired by the Holy Spirit? That God Most High put these words in this book? Because the Bible says that the Word of God is living and active. You see, it's living and active. The Bible says that his word is like, is like a hammer that breaks the rock and like fire that burns the chaff. The word of God is, is, is the love of God being expressed, the truth of God expelling darkness and setting us free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you what? Free. So you have to decide today what kind of value you're putting on the Bible. It's very, very important. What I want to contend is that these are spiritual facts, okay? These are spiritual facts. And I want to pray for openness because we are going to talk about tearing down strongholds today. Now, here's the thing about strongholds. A lot of times when we have a stronghold because it's a place in, the, in our life that the enemy has kind of taken a bit of rule and reign, okay, it could be a blind spot. So if you're not open... Okay, how many know Satan is a deceiver? So if you're not open, then you might miss. When you come to God, here's the last thing I'll say before, before we get into this. Very, very important. When you come to God, you must come to him with great humility. You, when you come to God, when you pray every morning, when you come to him at any time, when you enter the church, you see, you need to come to him with great humility. Humility. He is the king, he is God, and we are not. So it's with that heart that we open up our hearts to him. And we open up our hearts to his word. His word is able to perform surgery. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and this time. And God, we ask that you would breathe on the next few moments. And we ask that you would unpack this truth. Make your word quick and powerful to us today. God, we want to give our God space to you, and we want you to have total rule and reign today. So God, bless this word in the remaining moments. God, I pray that your light would expose darkness. I pray that your truth would expose lies today. I pray, Father, that we would not settle, Lord, for the weapons and the instruments of this world, but that we would reach higher today. So bless, oh God, this time together we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Now, one of the things that this passage of scripture mentions, we're going to really have two points, but we're going to have plenty to say. The first thing that this passage of, of, of scripture mentions is that Satan's victory is based on establishing strongholds. How does the enemy get you to live beneath the abundant life? How does he do that? Okay. How does he, how does he impact this whole world? He does it by distorting the truth. He's the father of lies. Okay. So look at what Paul says. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy, everyone say this word, strongholds. Okay, now look at what it says. What is a stronghold? It says, we destroy arguments 
and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. That is the biblical definition of a stronghold. A stronghold is an argument and every lofty opinion. The opinion of, of, of NBC and Fox and every, and every other news channel. Okay, the opinion of, of teachers, the opinions of, of professors at Northwestern and University of Chicago and, and, uh, and elementary schools, opinions that, that are against the knowledge of God, that, that those things can become arguments that become entrenched, a stronghold in people's lives. And so let me give, let me give you uh, an illustration. We took a trip to to Indonesia, and I want to show you a map of how many mosques there are in uh, Indonesia. If you look at map, every red dot represents a mosque, okay? Every red dot represents a mosque, and I remember being there, and I talked about this, uh, the room that I was in when I went there to do some training with some missionaries uh, at 4.30 in the morning, all over that country, the most Muslims in all of the world, 220 uh, million Muslims reside there, and they have on speaker the call to prayer. And it was, it was going over, over the airwaves, and look, every, every, uh, uh, um, every red dot... Now, how many know if there's that many red dots there, okay, how many know they get to dominate the message on that island? Let me show how many churches there are, okay? I want to show you another map, okay? Let me show you another map. This map was from uh, 17, 1770s. Um, during the, the uh, Revolutionary War, and obviously this is the East Coast. This is to bring it more to home, okay? And those red, those little red splotches were loyalist strongholds, which means when we were trying to gain our independence from Great Britain, from England, when we were trying to gain our independence, they had certain areas, okay? There was Savannah and Charleston and Wilmington, North Carolina, and Norfolk, and in certain parts of New York where they had like strongholds. Now the best way I think to imagine this is let's fast forward today. What if ISIS had places, right? What if ISIS right now, okay, the terrorist network, what if they had those places on the East Coast right now? You realize that the, the quality of life in America would be radically different. You realize that if they possess those places, okay, right now, like I have family in New York, right? What kind of life, what kind of freedom? There's something, look, America has all kinds of problems, but there's something beautiful and wonderful about our country. There's a freedom and a blessing upon this place as well. How many would say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, and, and, but what if they were there? It would impact everything. Well, let me ask you even a deeper question. What if this was your mind? What if this was the coast of your mind and there were spots right there that the devil had strongholds in? What if no matter where you go, no matter what you do, okay, your mind has arguments. They are like demonic 
strongholds, there are arguments that take hold of you and that shape the way you live and the way you move and the decisions that you make. So what is a stronghold? A stronghold is a demonic argument that becomes entrenched in our thought life and then dominates our spiritual and emotional life. Sometimes we just get the wrong stuff in our head. Okay, we can get thoughts that are simply not true. And if we don't, if they don't submit to Christ, okay, if they don't submit to Christ, then what happens is, is our ability to walk into the abundant life is drastically hindered. You see? And so why? Because our emotional life and our, and our, and our spiritual life is dominated how many would agree that our minds should be clean of the devil's thoughts? Can I get an amen? amen. But see, strongholds come. Now, now, what I want to do, what I want to do is give you kind of how does the enemy develop strongholds? How does how do we get these thoughts in our heads that are just wrong? You know, I want to give you a couple of examples here. There are a, there are more, but I want to give you how strongholds amid, uh, uh, originate in our lives. First of all, strongholds originate through long-term secret sin. Okay? Long-term secret sin. In other words, how many know that, that, that Satan is the prince of darkness? He rules and reigns in darkness. So what he does is he gets us to sin and that sin becomes a secret. And instead of us dragging our sin into the light and saying, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus, have mercy, we stay in the secret. But let me tell you something, secrets are where the devil reigns. Listen to me, secrets are where Satan reigns. And if you keep your sin a secret, then he literally can build a stronghold. And then, listen, let's take the, 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 the secret of, of, uh, of abuse in families. Okay? There are families that generationally one person abused another person and abused another person. I met a man once who told me I was abused as a kid. Someone in my family abused me. And you know what? When I thought about getting married and having children, I was afraid because I knew that that was in my family and I didn't want to do it. So I, he said it was, a, it, he, he, he literally said to me, even though there's, all of this part of me that would never even want that or desire that. But there's still something in me that sometimes I'm drawn to it. Well, how many know, though, when you bring it into the light? How many know Jesus can break every stronghold by his mighty power? Hallelujah. He can break it by his power. So... Secrets destroy. Secret. God is the God of light. The light, the light exposes sin and then the blood cleanses it. Secondly, through society and culture. Right now, what we have going on in America is the socialization of unbelief. Okay, that's the way one, one uh, um, sociologist put it. In other words, teachers, okay, in general, teachers 
are now teaching things to kids that are anti-religious, anti-faith, and they are very dismissive of anything that is honoring of God or valuing God. There is a socialization that's going on. You see? And so look, if you don't read your Bible in your house, okay, and if you don't talk about the Bible to your kids, listen, we have a powerful children's ministry. But you're going to put them in conflict if every time they leave church, what they walk into at home has nothing to do with what they experience in church. How many know if it's true in the church and it's true in the home, then they could say, that's a big lie when they're in the classroom. Our children need to say, that's a lie. That's not what my daddy says. That's not what my mommy says. That's not what they live. They believe in the word of God. They don't believe all of that. I don't believe it either. But if you leave it all up to the church, you're making a big mistake. You're making a big mistake. But see, this culture is anti-God. And so many people want to fix the culture. Don't fix the culture. Fix your heart and fix your house. Fix the church and watch God move in power. That's what really counts. You see, look, here's another thing that creates strongholds, spiritual starvation. When someone is spiritually malnourished, it's like if they were physically malnourished. Okay? We talk to people about this often. Okay? We'll say, do you read your Bible? Oh, it's so hard. You know? So look, if you don't read your Bible for three months, who's going to control your mind? You know, one of the things that would be terrible for us, if I told you, you know what, turn to 2 Corinthians. You know, if you're a young believer, it's great that you go to uh, the table of contents. But if you've been serving God for three years or four years, how many know you should be going like this? All right? And if you don't, I'm saying this because I love you, you have to realize Okay, you're giving ground to the devil because your mind is your God space. Okay, you can invite God into every place else, but if you don't invite God into your mind, if he's not the king of your mind, if he's not the king of your heart. You see, the reason why this world is so unbelieving, the reason why this world thinks that, that like, this, this world thinks that every man is a pervert. This world thinks that, that, that everyone is filthy and everyone is dirty and all that. Of course, you know why? Because they don't have the word of God in their minds. But how many know when we get the word of God in our minds, we can walk in victory and blessing and authority? Absolutely. If you're starving spiritually, you're making room for the devil to, your mind can look like that Indonesian map. That's right. Your mind is not supposed to look like that. See? Another thing is mental or emotional injury. Some people have things, have, this is very important, very, very important. Sometimes... People have things happen to them where because of the injury, they start to blame God and they say, if this happened to me, I can never trust God. Okay? Now, this is a long, complicated issue. All right? But we live in a sinful world, and in a sinful world, sin happens. 
people sin, and sometimes that sin affects us. But how many know, even though sin affects us, Jesus is able to heal us. You don't have to live under the grips of trauma in your life. But see, for some people, their trauma becomes a stronghold. Okay? Their trauma becomes the kind of thing that they just, they can't get over it. They can't get past it. And they, they literally, they live in such a way that it's over and over and over. All they can see life through is through the lens of their trauma. Okay? There is no greater trauma than the trauma that took place on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus knows what you went through. He knows your suffering. And he paid the price for your sin and for the person who sinned against you. And the Bible says whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And God can break the stronghold of that trauma in your life. And you can walk as if it never happened to you. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to tell you this. I've told this uh, 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 on a couple of occasions, but there used to be a, a, there was a sister in our church, very godly family, they had a, they had a great, great marriage, and um, this is the truth. So we went once to eat, a group of us, and when we went to eat, um, someone came while we were waiting to be seated, someone came and said hello to one of the sisters in the group. And when they said hello to her, there was something, when I looked at the exchange, there was something greasy about it. You know, you, you, ever, you, know when you ever have in your spirit and you just go, yuck. Right, so without understanding, I just felt yuck because, you know, I just noticed the way she is and the way she said she was polite, but she didn't want to have the exchange. So anyway, after... After the fact, like a day or two later, um, she said, Pastor, can I talk to you? And um, Deb, you know, remember when you saw so-and-so? Yeah, that person, that person abused me since I was like 15 years old. And it went on for years. And they were, they were spirit, quote, a spiritual person. And um, so I was so confused. And uh, anyway... Um, and I said, I said, you know what is mind-boggling to me? I said, I feel like you guys have one of the best marriages in our church. Our church was a lot smaller then. You know what she said to me? She said, I decided a long time ago, I'm not going to let the devil control my future. He may have done something bad to me in the past, but I'm going to walk in victory and I'm going to walk in blessing. And I love my husband and my husband loves me. And we have a great home. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. You see, we have to, we have to be careful because there are mindsets of unbelief that instead of us running to God, we avoid God because something that happened or something that the devil did. He's in the healing business, brothers and sisters. He's able to set us free. Now, before we go into the solution, I want, I want to say one more thing, okay? How do you know if you have a stronghold, Okay? Just listen, just listen to this. I don't want you looking, just but listen. 
When you are mentally and spiritually unable to hear, receive, accept, and apply the truth, and you know it's the truth, okay, you have to, you have to pray because there might be a real stronghold in your life. If it's the same conversation and the same issue year after year after year after year, okay, and you, and in one way, you're growing in God and you're, this is going okay and this is going on, but there's just these, there are these pockets of your life, same conversation year after year after year after year, you know, then it could be, and you can trace it to real issues, then it could be that you have a stronghold. You see, and you have to face the fact that there are things that have gotten in your head. You know, what's one of the, the horrible things about our culture now is that since truth is not truth, nothing is true anymore. You could talk to people and you young people be careful about this because uh, we're having conversations with people and they're saying, yeah, I agree with that. But well, if you agree with it, if it's right, why the but? You understand? As if, as if your life is the most unique, the most special, your situation is the only situation that truth doesn't apply to. How many know truth applies to all things at all times? That is God's way of victory and freedom. But if you always have, yeah, but that's not for me. That's not, you don't understand. No, God understands. That's stronghold thinking. You see? And so it makes it makes, you, it makes you proud, it makes you confused, it makes you fearful, it makes you lustful, and you make excuse, excuses for all of those things. Whenever you're making excuses for your sin, how many know that's a stronghold? And so we have to really, one, one more quick thing, and I'll use this as a segue to the last point, then we're going to pray. This past week, one of our, one of the brothers in the church, I was in a meeting with one of the brothers in the church, and he spoke a little bit, and I was like, oh, snap, what happened to him? You know, what happened? You know why? Because usually he's super laid back, super laid back. But in this meeting, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, and the Bible says, and this, and that, and this, and that. So it turns out that, without going into a lot of details, that he was with someone and someone spoke a word of freedom. Someone spoke, God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and a love and of a sound mind. And then the Lord started to push him into situations saying, no, be bold, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't know, he's with us wherever we go. Hallelujah. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden, I, I was just, it was like so discernible. It's like, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know this. God broke something off of him, and now he can walk in freedom. And what I want to say to you today is sometimes what we need is for God to break something off of us. He has to demolish the stronghold so that we can walk in freedom. Which brings me to the second point of this message. Strongholds are broken by divine power. Look, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For though the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have, let's read this together, ready? Divine power to destroy strongholds. 
Okay? In other words, God is saying, the Apostle Paul was saying, there we, we have a suitable weapon for this issue with suitable power. Sometimes people, it's like the guy who said to me, no one can get over crack. That all depends on what kind of weapon you're using against crack. No one can get over addiction to pornography. That all depends on what type of weapon you're using against the addiction to pornography. Or gambling, or the bottle, or whatever it is. It doesn't really matter if you have the suitable weapon with the suitable power. How many know freedom is possible? The power of God makes all things possible. Hallelujah. Very, very important. And see, we can take captive every thought and make it obey to Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, now, here's the last thing we're going to just, I want to say a couple more things and we're going to pray. I have to say this fast. Because I really do want to pray. Okay. In the New Testament, there are certain times that there is a certain emphasis, okay? And the emphasis of this passage of Scripture is basically that there is a dynamic forcing of the devil and his lies out, okay? What it means is, is that there are certain things certain types of spiritual warfare have to take place that they require or necessitate the dynamic, expulsive power of God. Expulsive means to kick out. Okay? It means to kick out. It's like the uh, first time I ever heard this word, I, my mom said, hey, they, they, she would say, le dieron depose. I mean, they dispose, they they depose someone, they kick someone out of their house because they don't pay. And in the neighborhood I, I grew up in, sometimes you could walk and you could see someone's furniture outside. They got evicted. You see? And when you see, think about this, and we're coming to a close, but I want you to think about this for a moment. Whenever you read the Gospels and Jesus has a confront, confrontation with the devil, does he have like a, a, like a long conversation? Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Does he tell the paper person, you know, take three Motrin and then call me in the morning and then uh, put some ice on it? No. You know how Jesus deals with the devil? He expels him by his mighty power. He drives him out by his mighty power. Now, this is not, I don't want to be sensational and emotional. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. And there are times when the devil gets in. And when the devil gets in, you need a divine power to drive him out. He needs to be expelled and driven out by the power of God. You see, here's what a, 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 a tearing down a stronghold means. Okay, pulling down a stronghold, literally, this is right in the, in the, in the Greek, it's to demolish, let's say this together, ready? Demolish, destroy, or depose by force. Next week, we're going to be talking about the renewing of the mind. Okay, don't miss next week. But today, we're talking about the fact that sometimes, and this is why, when you come to church, 
Okay, if you're a part of this church, if you consider yourself a part of Chicago Tabernacle, would you please walk through the doors ready to pray for someone? Because you don't know what people have brought into this place. But you know what? They need someone who can lay hands on them and say in the name of Jesus, we rebuke that thing in Jesus' name. How many know that's, that's what church needs to be like? There, come, there are certain things that need to be driven out and expelled, okay. So here's the thing. What Jesus did, okay, what Jesus did, he either drove out the devil or he tore down the arguments. Drove out the devil, tore down the arguments, okay. I'll close with this and then, then we're going to pray. When I first got saved, I joined a ministry, okay. I didn't join the ministry because I wanted to join the ministry. I joined the ministry because of the guy I was hanging out with. He was a man of God and um, he was the guy who discipled me. So he read an article in the New York Post that said that there were these men who were living in the abandoned garbage dump, and uh, in abandoned garbage trucks in the salt mines of New York, okay. Right now it's a beautiful neighborhood, but at that time there was a space about this big, not this high, but this big. And there were, imagine, imagine uh, um, the garbage cabin of a truck that we, that they pick up trucks. Imagine that just two or three of them laid out here and then a mountain of salt. And they called it the salt mines. Well, these guys were drag queens. They were men dressed like women who were hooked on crack. And what they would do is they would prostitute themselves, okay, and they would get enough money. And they, I'm telling you, if you went out on Friday or on Saturday at about 1 in the morning or starting around midnight, you would see BMWs, Mercedes, long stretch limos. Men would be picking up these men. And, and, and some of these women, I mean, they would dress, the, they were virtually naked some of them uh, uh, would take shots and so these were men but they were they had they were like were shaped like women because they were taking shots and the whole deal and we started going out there I'll never forget the first night that we went out there it, it seemed like they had been on what's called a mission and when you go on a mission it means you get your crack and then you smoke that crack until you're done and it could be two or three days you just smoke it smoke it smoke it and then you're just like dead for like a day or two and we went out and it, it was the Lord they were just had all been on a mission they were eating food out of the garbage they were cooking some kind of meat that was left over because it was by the meat market and as they were doing that we showed up and we always brought food with us okay we showed up one night and there were rats running around and I'm talking about New York City rats although I hear Chicago rats are like <laughs> getting ahead of them but that's a long story now rats all over the place and we go out there and you know what it, my I was like my skin was crawling because I was like yucka I can't believe we're here and I can't believe we're trying to help these people because I have my own issues. I was like, these guys? But so, you know, I stood outside. I stood outside and most of the women talked to them. And then the, a lot of them spoke Spanish and we could hear them saying nasty things about us, the guys. And I'm like, Jesus, you know I love you. We began to pray. I'm telling you right now, listen to me. We began to pray. And the presence of God came down that night. Even the rats started to quiet down. Listen, 
Listen to me. Listen to me. I watched God by his mighty power. I watched God set guys free. There was one guy, his name was, his street name was Sarah. He was a Cuban. He only spoke Spanish and very broken English. And I talked to him all the time because I'm Cuban and we used to talk. And he was the tarantula of the group. People would come, kids would come who were exploring the life. And if he got them high and if he had some kind of sexual contact, that person was a slave. And so he was like this tarantula. And there was a point that we were praying, God, we don't know. Lord, he's like the devil himself. Either save him or take him, God. We're literally praying because of the influence and the power that this guy, the demonic power that he had. Okay, he had blonde hair and high heels. The first time we brought him to the church, he had fishnet stocking on, leather skirt, the whole deal. And, and, but he was a man. But they started to come. And we would talk to him and we would pray with him. We would talk to him, pray with him. One day, one more. One day I went to pick him up with my brother. I said, yo, you got to help me pick somebody up. And he had no idea what we were doing. And we got out. And they were on a, they were, they, it was an, a, an abandoned um, train yard. Uh, there's some tracks that they were sleeping up there. And I go, hey, Ricardo! And he looked over. When he looked over, he was a man, but he was dressed in women's underwear. And my brother looked at me and said, yo, man, you're crazy. Like, like, my, like he was ready to knock me out right at that moment. I said, chill out, chill out. So he threw on some sweats because God started to change his life. He threw on some sweats and he came and he went to church. Well, let's, let me tell you something. The day came that Ricardo gave his heart to the Lord. And God broke the power of that thing in his life. Hallelujah. And I'll never forget the day that he walked up on the stage of the Brooklyn Tabernacle with a suit on. And he grabbed the mic. He said, hello, my name is Ricardo so-and-so. And I've given my life to Jesus. And I am a man of God whom the sun sets free. It's free indeed. Hallelujah. I've seen it with my own eyes. And it's not just him. We don't have time, not just him. Okay? And that's why when people walk in here and they got this thing and that thing and that thing, it doesn't matter because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. What we're going to do right now is I'm just going to ask you to take someone's hand right next to you. God knows who needs prayer, but we're going to pray right now. Now here's what we're going to pray. We're going to pray that every argument, notice that it's not some arguments. It says we take captive every thought, okay, every argument, every argument, whatever does not submit to the mind of Christ, we are praying that it would be torn down, that it would be demolished. So I want you to pray, God demolish, oh God. God demolish fear today, oh God. Demolish perversion today, oh God. Demolish alcoholism, oh God. Demolish trauma. Demolish abuse today, oh God. Loose the power of your spirit in this place. Expel, expel every unholy thought, oh God. Expel by your mighty power, oh God. Let Satan be expelled in the name of Jesus. Rebuke him in Jesus' name. 
Aleluya. Aleluya. We come against every work of Satan today, oh God. We come against every lie. We come against every argument, oh God. Let every unholy argument be brought down in the name of Jesus. Let wounds be healed, oh God. Let trauma be healed today, oh God. Let unbelief be lifted, oh God. Uproot anger, uproot rebellion, oh God. Uproot perversion today, oh God. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over every mind and heart today, oh God. We ask that you would demolish, oh God, and destroy and depose every work of the enemy in hearts and minds by the name of and power of Christ. Father, we ask, oh Lord, that confusion would be removed. You're not the author of confusion, oh God. We ask that appetites would be put in check and, re, and, and put right, oh God, by your mighty power. We ask that fear would be broken at every level, at every level. We rebuke fear in the name of Jesus, oh God. Help us, oh God, to begin to walk in the love and the joy and the victory of Jesus. God, we call it done. We call it done. We call it done in Jesus' name. Come on, let's put our hands together and bless him. Hallelujah, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. Now listen. Before you go, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Number one, please pray for the rest of the day. Please pray for the other services. Number two, fill your mind with the Word of God. We're going to talk about this next week, okay? One thing is to clean the house out. Another thing is to rebuild it. A lot of people think a meeting at the altar is enough. It's not enough. We're going to talk about that next week. The Bible says we have to renew our minds. Okay, get into your Bible today. If you prayed, if you asked God to tear some stuff out, how many know you got to put some good stuff in now? How many would say amen? <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right, once again, I've kept you long. I need you to move quickly. Come on, move quickly so we can clear the parking lots. Love you so much. God bless you, everyone. <laughs>